Well, good evening. So glad you could join us on a Sunday night, not just any Sunday night. It is a Halloween edition here of uh, the Gridiron Rap. My name is Sean Belegian and uh, joined, as always, uh, by Bill Keenis. One of the things that is great about the game of football is when a young man by the name of Mike White, who Mike White can come into a game today, unheralded Mike White for the one in five Jets taking on the five and two Bengals and Mike White. I'm not making that name up, folks. Mike White from Western Kentucky can go off and go off. He did today. How about these numbers? 37 of 45. Over 400 yards passing, 405 yards and three touchdowns. I, Bill, I love stories like that. I'm, I'm, I'm like, who's Mike too. White? And yeah. I'm a draft beatnik. Yeah. I don't remember Mike White out of Western right. Kentucky. I just don't. No, I'm sure you're not alone, Sean. And uh, it conjures up memories of Clint Longley. <laughs> Do you remember that name? Thanksgiving 74, right? That's right. Yeah. From Dallas. And uh, he did the same, came off the bench and led the Cowboys to a win over Washington. But uh, before we go any further, Sean, I, I notice a reflection on the top of your head. It's it's green and white, and it looks like an outline of a Spartan, maybe. Yeah, that um, is a, that is a And Spartan. you're wearing it proudly, I, I presume. Yeah. Very proudly. Bill, wasn't that I, – I mean, really, yeah. that, that was just an epic game. And I, I, I it get it. There were some calls that really sh- you know, make you shake your head. There's no doubt yeah. about that. We can discuss that if you wish. But I think all in all, what an epic game in East, in East Lansing yesterday afternoon. It really was. I'll tell you what struck me was from nine o'clock in the morning until what time was that game over four o'clock yeah by the time they signed off the entire country could celebrate football in michigan because both of the pregame shows were there and uh just to see all the students come out the spartan students the wolverine students um and just to see our state shine that way and then to have a game not only uh, meet expectations, but far succeed them, exceed them, to exceed expectations of a great game is something that I know a lot of people, you know, it's already been called an epic game and it's the classic, all that, but it truly was. And the best part, you know, looking, you know, from a, a higher view, if you will, was just what it did for the for the the state of college football in our state of Michigan. I mean, uh, we we did ourselves proud yesterday. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it it was outstanding. And and Bill, I'm sure you're aware of this, but to let our listeners know uh, how big was this game yesterday? Well, Mm -hmm. according to the overnight ratings, it was a 5.4 overnight rating and a 17, 17, one, seven share in the major markets. It is the number one college football overnight rating of the year on any network. I I mean, just uh, an outstanding thing. And I, you know, I've been one of those guys, Bill, I have said for years, I look, who do I want to win? Well, my, my hat tells you who I want to win. It's better 
for everybody yeah. involved when sure both these programs are are going the way that they're going right now. It it doesn't mean as much when you knock off a no. team when they're when they're less than. You know, if, if the coverage, no. the excitement, everything about it, it, it was really yeah. it was outstanding this past week. It really, it really was, Sean. And the other thing I noticed, and you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, but after the game, just to see the interaction between the players on both teams, there was such a respect factor there, a pride factor on both sides, I believe. And and that just tells you, you know, the, the level, the quality of the individuals that both programs have uh, have supplied their rosters with. And um, and that's the kind of stuff you really love to see. And then the pageantry of college football. There's nothing like it. After the game, singing the alma mater, the students that stayed there to the end. I mean, it's it gives you chills. It really does. Because um, what happened yesterday, you know, we all talk about years from now, there'll be a million people that were at that game yesterday. <laughs> and you know what? Good for them. <laughs> because yeah, exactly uh, it right. had that impact on so many people far and wide. Yeah. Just a tremendous, tremendous yeah. game. Uh, Michigan State, for what it's worth, if people have not heard this yet, uh, Michigan State moves up to number five in the AP yeah. 25, uh, just ahead of Ohio State, uh, who is at six. Michigan falls yeah. to number nine in the AP in the coaches poll, Michigan State moves up one spot to number six, just behind Ohio State, while Michigan falls to number ten. And, it, and it you was, know what, what? Go ahead, Bill. You know what I, I, what else I took from that game yesterday, um, or from the games yesterday? Penn State goes down to Columbus and plays them tough. They they hung right with them. Nobody expected that after the performance against Illinois the week before. So. You know, that bodes well for Michigan State and Michigan. Both of those teams aren't, you know, on the high high pedestal that they may have been uh, earlier in the season. And then I also believe from a Spartan standpoint, to fall behind like they did, to come back, to, to take the body blows that they did, they're going to believe now, you know what, we've been there, we can do this. And that's going to serve them well for the rest of the the season. I really believe that it's going to serve them very well. Well, and you know what? Uh, a, a window is still there. You know, if, if you're a Michigan yep. fan, I know like our, our buddy Eric Dortch uh, in the uh, studio, our producer mm. tonight. Hey, listen, a window is still there. I mean, th there are a yep. few landmines on Michigan State's uh, schedule yet. If Michigan can take care of business, maybe. You know, Bill, growing up for me, it was always Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, you, yeah. you just, yeah. you just, you knew that weekend it was, oh, yeah. it, it was going to be for all the marbles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe it can turn out that way. But uh, for any Spartan fan out there, certainly <laughs> to be able to control yeah. your own destiny right now, that's a great wow. feeling. And it's always better when you beat Michigan. I'm I, I, like, <laughs> everybody knows that. It's always yeah. better when you beat Michigan. Well, I, I had mentioned in an earlier show, and I, I've come to believe it even even more so the last few weeks just hearing the banter back and forth. Ohio State and Michigan is what it is. It's an all-timer. It's a classic. It's in the annals of college football history, and that won't change. But for the Wolverines, in, in my opinion, there's no team they would hate losing to more than your Spartans. I agree with that. I just have sensed that. I agree. They, they want to beat Ohio State.
you know, they want to beat the Spartans, yeah. But what I've sensed is the one team they don't want to lose to are the Spartans because it's in-state. It's every single day. You're seeing a Sparty hat. You're seeing green and white, whatever. You're constantly reminded of it. And for the Spartans, they're reminded of it too because they're seeing the maize and blue somewhere. And those smiles get wider and wider every time they do so. Yeah, it was fantastic yesterday, and uh, certainly uh, it'll be interesting to see what both these two teams do moving yeah. forward. Uh, we are up against a break, but we are going to catch up with our buddy Lomas Brown. Of course, Lomas right. is a very busy man. He's coaching football. He's broadcasting games. Uh, I'm sure he had uh, some emotions today as well as one of his longtime teammates uh, went into the lion's den of honor. I mean, it's, it's just such a outstanding thing that lions pride chris Beeman going in today and uh, lomas brown will join us to talk about a myriad things in the game of football he's bill keenest i'm sean belegian so glad you could join us on a sunday night right here on 760 wjr and welcome back 760 wjr it is a grid iron wrap and uh bill without further ado i'm going <laughs> to hand it over to you to introduce a legend I know he's not going to like me saying that, but he's, he's a legend on the field and certainly off the field as well. Absolutely. And uh, there's nobody better on or off the field than our friend Lomas Brown. And uh, what I remember first about Lomas, we both came to the Lions the same year. And anytime we see each other, it's the class of 85. And that's when Lomas was selected number one by the Lions. That's my first year with the Lions. What I what I remember about Lomas joining the team, and, and again, my first day with the team was the draft of that year. And I'm trying to be a you know a fly on the wall, just listening, just observing. And we went into that draft convinced, convinced that we were going to be able to select one of two players. We were picking sixth. And it was going to be uh, Dwayne Bickett or Chris Dolman, two linebackers that we needed. No chance that one of them, if not both of them, wouldn't be there. Well, there's some trades. This happens. That happens. They go off the board right before us. Mm -hmm. Thank God they did. Because there we were faced with, oh, for for a moment, what are we going to do? We're going to pick Lomas Brown. And uh, his career with us stands up with all of the greats. I mean, seven straight Pro Bowls, seven straight Pro Bowls. He made uh, all pro once, uh, first team, second team, twice. So three all pro selections. Um, and uh, the, the one of the highest compliments that I've ever heard about any player um, was the first year. And I've shared this story on the air. The first year that Rod Marinelli was our head coach. And Rod was in Tampa as the assistant head coach with um, John Gruden. And Lomas played on that team. And when I told Rod one, one day that Lomas was coming out for training camp or whatever his name came up, and Rod just stopped in his tracks, pounded the desk, and said, let me tell you about Lomas Brown. We do not win the Super Bowl that year if it wasn't for Lomas Brown. And I thought, Lomas honestly didn't play a lot that year. But Rod didn't even let me ask that question. He said the standard he set in practice, the standard he set on how to practice, on how to be a pro, 
for the young guys. And it, it, it took us from the level we were to the highest level. We don't win the Super Bowl if Lomas Brown wasn't on that team. Mm-hmm. He was as much a coach as a player that year. So I could go on and on about uh, all his accolades. Um, I mean, just this past September, what, a month or so ago, he was nominated for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, one of 122 players. That is an incredible honor. He deserves to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Absolutely. And I know we talked about the line, the pride of the Lions today. If we're up to me, he would have been in that the day he retired. Um, so he'll be in that as well. And uh, I, like I said, I could just go on and on. But welcome, Lomas. <laughs> Man, Bill, man, you make the big fella sound real important. I appreciate it, Bill. <laughs> uh, you are the big fella, buddy. <laughs> yeah, man, I appreciate it. Sean, how you guys doing? How y'all doing today? Oh, it's great to hear from you, Lo. I, I, I know what a busy man you are. It, it is, um, you know, especially a weekend like this and, uh, you know, if we can, can we start with your work in, in coaching? I know the season didn't end the way that you guys wanted it to end, but you had a fantastic year out in Bloomfield yeah. Hills. What what was that experience like for you, Lo? Oh, it, it was great, man. It was great. And, you know, working with kids and you get to nurture kids, you get to pour, uh, pour yourself into these kids and try to guide them and help them along the way. And, and Bill knows, and you know, Sean, yeah. we've been having some rough years over at Bloomfield. So yeah. for those for us to go 9-0 in the, in, um, during the regular season and win our division championship, you know, it was just so great for those guys to really enjoy the success that they had. And I tell you what, man, Catholic Central, oh, my goodness, man. That is a <laughs> team right there, man. They are – they are loaded. They're going to make some noise in the playoffs. But it it was great, man. It was great for these kids. And we gave our seniors something to remember. So it, it, it was a great year for us this year. And, and you know, Lomas, you know, Sean, those kids will remember this for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And every October for the rest of their lives, when that anniversary date comes up, when you guys beat Troy last week to win the division championship, they're going to text each other. They're going to talk about that. And that is the beauty of high school sports in general. You're so right. Yeah. You're so right. You're so right, Bill. And, and I, I tell people to this day, some of my closest friends are yeah. guys that I played with in high school. Yeah. yeah, right. We still talk today. We still talk about what happened back in high school. So you're absolutely right. These kids will remember this the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's uh, that's why we love high school football because at the stage of their lives, the impact and and Lomas, you know, he's a modest guy, but the impact he's having on these kids, in addition to the other coaches, that's forever as well. That's life lasting. And um, it's just the greatest thing. And on, on the field Friday night in the in the rain, in the mist, um, there were a lot of happy kids. There were a lot of sad kids. But hopefully yeah. the ones that didn't win and move on realized what they accomplished because they got to the playoffs. And that's a, a huge achievement in and of itself. Absolutely. It really is. And, and like you say, you know, it's been a rough couple of years leading up to that. Right. But- 
it was just great to finish it off the way we did. And like you said, yeah. it didn't end it the way we wanted to end right. it. But, you know, it was just so happy. I was just so happy for not just the kids, yeah. the parents. The parents, oh, yeah. the proud parents, they come up yeah. to you and they say things to you. So it's just great to have an impact on our youth these days. Lomas Brown, kindly joining us, uh, NFL great. He's one of our own. I'm just going to call you the Detroit Lion. I hope you're okay with that, Low. You're always going to be a Detroit Lion in my mind. Uh, he's a coach. He's a broadcaster. Low, have you ever thought of, about coaching? I, I know so many guys that you played with, played against. You know, you heard Bill tell the story about what Coach Marinelli uh, said about you. H- have you ever thought about pursuing coaching? Is is this is this something that you're doing in your own backyard for fun, or do you have that itch a little bit? No, Sean, and that's a great question. I I, I love doing high school. I really do for all the reasons I said a little earlier. And you know, I, to me, you become a college and a pro coach. You have to love coaching. And I like it a lot. I just don't have the love to take it to the next level because you guys know it's such a big commitment. I mean, yeah. you know, you talk to some of these NFL coaches, they spend 14, 15, 16 hours a day, you know, around football, breaking it down and doing all the things that you have to do to be a successful coach. And I don't have that in me right now. I love going out there for my two, three hours that I go out there with the high schoolers. And, and do what I like to do. And like I say, with college, you would have to recruit. So I really don't really want to do that. And then the pros, like I said, you put your, that's basically your life. Um, so I'm not at that point right there. I don't know if I'll ever get at that point. So I'm just enjoying, I'm enjoying having high school and, and hanging out with these guys in high school. Mm. Great stuff. Low, got it. we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about your take for the Lions. I mean, just, just a tough afternoon mm-hmm. today. Look, we all knew what this season was going to be, and, you know, you've got some draft picks in your back pocket, but what are you seeing uh, out of this uh, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell regime uh, so far that's got you excited for the future? Well, again, I love the staff that they put together. I love Coach Campbell, and, you know, and I'll say it on the air, you know, I'm a little biased. Coach, me and Coach Campbell played together two years with the Giants. I love that guy. So, you know, it's hard for me to be unbiased when I talk about him. But I love the coaching staff that he put together. I think with all the experience of these guys being in the league, I think it can only be a benefit to the players. Um, I think that they're getting that or, or it's going to take some time to get the roster to where they want it to be at, meaning getting all those, their guys there and kind of weeding out the guys that's not fitting into that system. So we knew it was going to be some growing pains. I think, Sean and Bill, the thing I was most disappointed with today was we didn't show any fight. We stood yeah. there and got hit in the mouth over and over and over mm-hmm. again by Philadelphia and we didn't hit them back. And I think that probably was the most disappointing thing today. You know, you talk about the effort that the Lions and the players give all the time, and you've seen that in basically all the games except for to me, except for today and the Cincinnati game. But today I was just really shocked because this was a team, like Cincinnati, this was a team I felt that we could have competed with and possibly mm-hmm. won the game. 
But when the team comes out and say, look, we think we're better than you all are, we're going to line up with our five guys, and we're going to push you guys around and punch you in the mouth, and there's nothing that you guys are going to do about it, and then it comes to fruition, you know, it just really gives you a moment just to kind of pause. So it's going to be a long week or so with these guys going on their bye week and having to sit on this bad Mm -hmm. loss. Hopefully these guys will be able to look themselves in the mirror and really decide on what they need to do and what they need to accomplish to make sure they can get a win coming out this bye week. Yeah, I think that's well said, Lomas. That was the big surprise. I uh, I worked the uh, the Rams Houston game, Matthews game, Stafford's game, and um, and that was a very similar game score wise. Um, and the, but the one thing I will say about the Texans, they scored twenty two points in the uh, in the fourth quarter, and uh, you know they made it interesting at least. Um, so I can't speak as well as you can certainly to what happened uh, at Ford field today, but I'm going to, I'm going to go way back Lomas because what I've heard and what I've read about today's game, today's lines game reminds me of a game. Wayne Fonts's first year. Um, and we started out. zero and five, we had some games like the lines have had this year. We did win a couple. We won our sixth game in Tampa um, but we had a game, Lomas, at Cincinnati. It was the game before Thanksgiving, and they just blew us out. I mean, it was it was like 44 nothing. I think. I mean, I, I could be way off on the score, but they pounded us. And I remember going to the airport, and Wayne decided to talk to the team on the plane, just the players, just the players. No coaches, no staff, nobody. And I'm not sure all that he said, but I'm sure some of what he said, Dan Campbell may be saying now, this is a gut check time for the professionals in that locker room. Because they're, and, and, you know, it's great when you win going into a bye. It's bad when you lose going into it. It's almost like two losses because you have to deal with it for two weeks. So I just remember, yeah. But that game in Cincinnati, and we came back and won won every game the rest of the season. We won five straight to end the year. So maybe, you know, the good thing is you're going to learn a lot about the players. And Dan's going to learn a lot about his staff too, Lomas. I mean, you're going to learn how the staff deals with adversity because there's some, you know, relatively young assistant coaches. there. How do they handle this? Um, So if you take the right approach – and realize where you are and what you got left. Um, you can, you know, you can move up the mountain instead of sliding down it week after week. Yeah, Bill, I agree with you a hundred percent. And you know, I remember that. I remember Wayne pulling us, uh, you know, the players aside and talking to us about that. And I, right. I, I think the biggest difference between us and these guys there is we had some strong leaders yes. in that yes. locker room, Bill. Think about some yes. of the guys we had in that yeah. locker room. And yeah. those guys stood up. Those guys refused for us to go out the way we went out. Right. And and, yeah. and I, I tell everybody, it's, it wasn't the coaches that I was afraid of. If I was having a bad <laughs> series on the field, yeah. when I came to that sideline, I wouldn't worry about Wayne and the coaching staff. I was worried yep. about guys like Jerry Ball and 
Kevin Glover <laughs> yep. and Benny Blaze and yeah. William White. And yep. Those You're, were the guys amen. I was more afraid yep. of because yep. the accountability factor that you had yep. to have going into those games. And I think that's where they need to get at to where mm-hmm. they're holding these guys. And I'm not talking about the coaching staff. No. I'm talking about the leaders in that locker room yeah. are holding these guys accountable for the way they go mm-hmm. out and play. That's the only way, to me, they're going to get this ship turned around and yeah. start playing some good ball. They're going to have to hold it. And, and, and look, the second youngest team in the NFL, so you know you got you got a lot of young guys on that team. But young yeah. guys have to grow up. You know, it's almost yep. at that point at the season. You remember how we used to say, even a rookie, at a certain point in the season, he isn't yep. a rookie anymore. Yeah. So these no, young guys right. are going to have to start growing up, and they're going to have to really, mm-hmm. like I say, start being held or held accountable for the way they go out there and play. That's the only way they're going to get this thing turned around. That's a tremendous point, Lomas. You are so right, because when you have the players – holding each other accountable, that's when you become the team you want to be. And that's what you guys did. I mean, I, I, I said on the on the air last week, you know, we had some great players during that era, but the most important players were guys like Lomas and Kevin Glover and Benny, like you mentioned, because they held everybody accountable. And when you do that, you, you can take the next the next, you know, step because players don't want to disappoint their teammates. They don't. Mm, great Absolutely. stuff. Lo, we could sit here and talk to you all night, but I know I you know. have things to do. <laughs> it, it is great to hear from you personally again. We're all listening to you. Uh, we're, we're all proud of you, my friend. I, I still can't believe it's 30 years since that magical yeah. run in 91. Wow. Uh, we can yeah. We could talk about that for the next three hours. Who's kidding who? But in the meantime, I'll tell you, Continued success to you, my friend, and congratulations on the success with Bloomfield Hills and certainly the success you're having in the broadcast booth as well. Absolutely. Hey, look, I appreciate you guys, and I miss you guys, man. I really do, man. Yeah, I miss you too, Lom. I appreciate you guys. Yep. Love you, buddy. Absolutely. Love you back, Bill. All right, buddy. Talk soon. Be well, Lomas. Take care. You guys take care. Okay. Lomas Brown, uh, one of the uh, – Bill, I'm going to echo what yeah. you said. Genuine yeah. gentleman, period. Yeah. End of story. He's just a yep. genuine gentleman. No yeah. doubt about it. Uh, yeah. More of the Gridiron Wrap next here on a Sunday night on 760 WJR. Well, you know, Bill, I I, I got to say this. Congratulations to the teams that are still playing in the MHSAA. Yes. And, you know, Lomas and Bloomfield Hills, nothing to hang your head about. This is no. the start. You know, a, a fantastic season. And, and, you know, it, it, it didn't end the way that you wanted, but a great start. Mm-hmm. Bill, on a personal level, my old hometown uh, might be shut down next weekend as Churchill and Franklin are facing each other in the playoffs. Yeah. And wow. that's uh, that's going to be a, a special time out at uh, oh, my gosh. Churchill. Golly, that will be special. And that, you know, I was just thinking, uh, just want to send out kudos to all the fans that showed up this past Friday night. I mean, the weather was horrific, but there were there were a ton of fans at the game. I uh, I was actually at the Armada Tigers game against Richmond, and the irony of that game is Armada has a grass field, and it was it was just a quagmire apparently. So they played at Oxford, 
where our Mages head coach, Kyle Riley, uh, played and where Bud Riley was the legendary head coach for about 40 years. So to see Bud and his son, Kyle, on the sidelines again, Bud with his gold pants on, he could be directing traffic on 75 and everybody would see him. But to see them back on the sidelines and uh, Armada came out with a uh, 21 nothing that I absolutely love most about it because I've been guilty of this a few times with my son Billy at his games that there was one point in the game and we were on the sidelines and uh, my son Billy who was there rooting on Kyle and Bud just started laughing and I go, what's the matter? He goes, Kyle just turned around to Bud and said, shut up, Dad. I'm coaching this team. <laughs> so I just, I go, oh, good. <laughs> There's a, you know, that happens more than just to me. <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. Oh, yeah, that is. But it great. was, uh, it was beautiful. And uh, I wouldn't, I think they're playing in Oxford uh, next week because Oxford uh, made the playoffs and they're playing away. So, uh, yeah, but again, Adam, just, right? yeah, just yeah, kudos to all those fans that came out, all the, the families, the parents, the students. And, uh, and like you said, Livonia may be, uh, maybe like East Lansing come Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting, Bill. I was looking at, there are so many good games this way. I mean, just division yeah. one alone. I mean, Granville against Rockford and, and yeah. CC taking on West Bloomfield. And we mentioned Oxford and Rochester Adams, Dakota Romeo, Chip Valley, Sterling Heights, Stevenson, Canton, Belleville. I, I love this. This is, this is part of the thing that, that, you know, sometimes in, in the, in the, the rat race of the season, you sometimes mm -hmm. forget how, you know what, tip of the cap to the MHSAA for getting this right. I mean, they, they do a great job getting the teams yeah. into the playoffs and, the way these uh, matchups are configured, this is just awesome heading into week two of the playoff. It really is, Sean. And the thing that I marvel at, and I spent 40 years in pro football, working in pro football, the ability of these young men playing high school football and some women playing as well, it, it is just remarkable. The talent, the, uh, you know, the cohesion that they have on the field, um, obviously great coaching, um, is a big part of that, but just, just to see these high school students performing at that level is, I mean, it's remarkable and, uh, it's great football. It really is. It's great football. It, you know, uh, Bill, I know we talked about it our very first show and, and it was mm -hmm. funny how many people have kind of reached out to me since we were talking about it and said the same thing that, you know, for me, well, of course I always liked it. And, you know, you root for the hometown team and then you, you know, you root for where you live now and where your kids go to school. But it was amazing how many, you, I didn't appreciate it until later in life. And you could hear that passion when Lomas was talking about, yeah. it. you know, he, Oh, I love the high school level and you know, all that. And, and I don't know what it is. I don't know how to explain it. It just is. And I, I think a lot of people can, can relate to that, 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 that special feeling going out on a Friday night, now, you know, yeah. look, it's extra special when you go to your alma mater, or you have a rooting interest. But for me, I like going to random games. I do. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to head out to Belleville this week, whatever the case may be, you know, mm -hmm. no question, no question. And I, I just think it's, it's unique because it does bring the whole community together. Um, and for the, for the athletes 
they can never escape it. Not that they would want to, but you've got your family involved most of the time, your classmates, your neighbors. You see the signs up in all the yards, so-and-so, number 84, playing for the Troy Athens Red Hawks, you know, whoever it might be. It's just, uh, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Yeah, it it certainly is. I mean, some good times around here. Again, mm-hmm. good luck to all the teams and the parents and the fans of, of, of teams that are still in it. And, of course, it all culminates at uh, Ford Field the day after the annual Thanksgiving game. And uh, it, that was always a special thing. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I, I got to broadcast a few of them over the years, Bill. It's, mm-hmm. it's always special for the parents and the kids, especially, yeah. you know, maybe if the team comes from far away in Michigan, maybe it's their first time to the, the Silver Dome or Ford Field or whatever the case may be. And it's it's a pretty cool scene. No question. It's uh, it's how you make memories, and there's a lot of them made on Friday nights. Friday Night Lights is is not just a movie. It's real. It's absolutely real. Absolutely it is. All right, we've got one more segment to go. We'll uh, take a look at some of the games in the National Football League. I want to uh, ask Bill about the, the game that he was involved with today as well because uh, – a, a little swing of points in that one. Maybe a shocker to tell you about as well. If you haven't been paying attention to these late afternoon games, we'll tell you about it when we come back. He is Bill Keenis. I'm Sean Belegian. This is Football Wrap here on 760 WJR. Well, how about this one? Uh, in case you missed it, uh, the New Orleans Saints. The New <laughs> Orleans Saints improved to 5-2 and two on the season with a 36 to 27 come from behind victory over the Tampa Buccaneers. And what makes this even more impressive is they lost their quarterback, Jameis Winston early in the game. He was carted off on the field and they did it with their backup, a former Northwestern quarterback, Trevor Simeon and Tampa gets the ball back with a a little under two minutes to go And the first play, Tom Brady throws a pick six to P.J. Williams, and it turns a two-point game into a nine-point game. How about that? No, it doesn't change Tom Brady's legacy. He's still the GOAT. Let's get that out of the way. But uh, uh, a little shocker this afternoon, I think that's safe to say. And the Saints improved to 5-2 and on the season, Bill. Yeah, it it proves that he's human after all. I think we were doubting that the last few weeks. But you know why we love the NFL, Sean. Look at what happened today compared to what happened last week. The Cincinnati Bengals were on a roll. They go into Baltimore last week. And the Ravens were on a roll going into that game. And the Bengals beat them 41-17. So the Bengals are flying, right? They go to New York to play, to New Jersey, whatever, to play the Jets today. The Jets last week get beat by New England 54-13. to there's no way they're going to be able to rebound from that. Well, guess what? <laughs> As you started the show talking about the quarterback, Mr. Wright, <laughs> the Jets beat the Bengals 34-31. Oh, you know, kudos to Robert Sala, our our, uh, our Dearborn uh, famous son, right? The head coach of the Jets. I mean, holy moly. It's just you never know from week to week. And that's, uh, that's why we have to keep the Lions – performance today in perspective and hope that they use the next two weeks to do some self-reflection, the players, 
and uh, realize that from week to week, anything can happen. Well, you know, it's funny to hear you say that. I remember the one year it was uh, built, I believe, 2015, where the Lions uh, got hammered and they made a bunch of changes. And and the bye week came at the right time. They caught fire. After, yeah, after, after they that. nearly got themselves into the playoff and, and yeah. the argument could be made. And, and our mutual friend, Joyke Bell says this to me all the time. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if it wasn't for the hail Mary, they were no going to get into the playoffs. He, he said, we, everything yeah. was clicking for us and yeah. we were going to get ourselves into the playoffs. So uh, the, the bye week is, is of huge importance and teams can change their fortunes quick, fast and in a hurry. Without question. And Joy, I believe that too. What Joyke said, there's no question that there was just something magical happening with the confidence, the belief. And, uh, you know, some would say if it wasn't for that face mask call on Devin oh. Taylor <laughs> that oh. preceded the, uh, the hell Mary, uh, we would have uh, won that game and, and made the playoffs, but, uh, it just shows how close you are from game to game, from, from series to series, from play to play. It really, it really is amazing, but that's why we love football. That's why at every level. And, uh, you know, I, I think we should close the show, uh, just with another tribute to WJR's Spartans. I mean, they, uh, you know, being the flagship of, uh, of Michigan State is pretty special, and uh, wow, what a performance on uh, on Saturday! Yeah, no doubt about that. If if people didn't know uh, how legitimate uh, Kenneth Walker is, uh, yeah. they definitely know by right. now. And it's it's funny, uh, Bill. We were watching the the first game of the year, and and we had just moved my son out to L.A., and you know we're watching this kid do what he's doing, and he looks at me and he he was like, "Dad, what do you know about this guy?" And I, I go, "Check." Nothing. You know, he's, he's a transfer. I don't, I mean, who is this guy? Bill just absolutely having a phenomenal season. And it was one of those performances. And, and, and you don't see this a lot in, in football at that level where everybody knew who was getting the ball and you still couldn't stop them. You know, a lot of times it's like, well, they're, they're going to move a guy up in the box and they're going to f- force him to throw. No, you knew he was getting the ball, and you still couldn't stop him. It was a tremendous performance. It really was. I mean, he answered the bell in the most profound manner, and again, with the whole country watching. And I'll tell you who else answered the bell was Coach Tucker. I mean, that that performance, to have that team where it was a year ago to where it is today is remarkable. And I think, you know, Spartan fans around here were worried about some of the potential openings in college football. If I'm an NFL team with his pedigree, um, I'm looking hard at, at Mel Tucker because that that guy is a tremendous football coach. So we got to make sure that the the powers that be at Michigan State get him locked up now for for quite a while because he is he's going to be a, a hot commodity. He already is, but with what he's doing it's almost unprecedented and uh, what a, what a job hats off to him. Bill, I think people forget um, number one, when he took over was late in the process as it is. And Oh, by the way, you throw in everything that the pandemic brought us COVID brought us. Mm -hmm. Uh, So to be at this point right now, I I, it's, it's remarkable. (laughs) And, uh, I think you brought it up earlier. You can see watching his kids, watching them after the game, 
Those kids have bought. You can see it. You can physically see that those kids have bought in all the way. No question. And it's 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 a lot of what Lomas talked about. You know, there's a and it sounds corny, but it's real. There's a love they have for each other and it's genuine and they don't want to let each other down and they're going to rally behind each other. They're going to pick themselves up. They're going to hold themselves accountable. And when you go through a game like they did on Saturday against the arch arch rival for Michigan State, the Wolverines, and for them, the ebb and flow of that game up and down um, for them to come out on top. Uh, I mean, it, it, it says so much about the caliber of the players, but it says a ton about Coach Tucker and his staff and what they've done in such a short time, as you just mentioned. Yeah, Spartans back in action on the road in West Lafayette, uh, taking on uh, the Boilermakers. And, of course, we'll have it here for you on your home for the Spartans, 760 WJR. You don't want to look past Purdue. No, that's a good team. Yeah, you you know what? They've shown it. Absolutely. That's a good football team. Yep. And and in recent years, you remember they they pulled that big upset against Ohio State, Ohio State. A, a few weeks back. They I, I mean yeah. I watched it. They smoked Iowa. I mean they yeah. Iowa was number two in the nation right. at the time, and yeah. they they really smoked mm-hmm. Iowa. So uh, definitely you're you're going to have to keep an eye on that. And something tells me though, Bill, on the heels of what we were just talking about, uh, Mel Tucker isn't going to let his boys look past anybody. I agree with you, Sean. Absolutely, I agree with you. Well, it always flies by, uh, Bill. Always a pleasure. We want to thank uh, Lomas Brown for joining us. Uh, could talk to Lomas again. Maybe, Bill, we can twist his arm and see if he can come on with us again. Because he's. Just, I think we'll do that. He's yeah. just a, he's a tremendous fellow. It's yeah. always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, yep. Eric Dorch, our producer tonight, thank you for everything that you do uh, back at the station. And thank you, most of all, for making us a part of your Sunday night and listening to us wherever you may be. For Bill Keenis, my name is Sean Belegian saying until next week, uh, this is the Gridiron Wrap right here on 760 WJR. Have yourselves a fantastic evening, everybody.